Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. I'm going to read from John chapter 20 verses 1 to 9 and if you've got a Bible then please do follow along with me. John chapter 20 and I'm reading from verse 1, verses 1 to 9. Verse 1, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone that had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Then he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. With everything happening in the world right now, we're being forced to consider the very real problem of death. Like no other time in my lifetime, every day a death toll is broadcast. Graphs are published of the, of the rising number dying from the virus and regularly harrowing stories are told and graphic images shown. And so last week on Easter Sunday, what a terrific tonic it was to be thinking about the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and the news that in Christ death has been defeated and the offer of eternal life for anyone who puts their trust in him. Easter is brilliant news, if it's true. That was the issue for a friend I was talking to. It's a nice thought, he said, talking about the prospect of life after death. I'd love to believe that there was something more, but I'm a rational person. I'm someone who, who needs evidence, he said. Well, this morning, for my friend and for anyone like him, that is precisely what we have before us. Eyewitness evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Look with me at verse 1. John chapter 20 and verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Right through this chapter, John uses the language of sight or of seeing. As the chapter unfolds, John reinforces the fact that people saw the events of that first Easter Sunday with their own eyes. And in the first nine verses of the chapter, the verses we're looking at this morning, four times in nine verses, John uses the language of sight and seeing. As we go through the passage, each seeing word is slightly stronger than the last. The first seeing word is halfway through the very first verse, verse one. Mary went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Here's the first eyewitness of the events of Easter Sunday. And Mary, along with all the eyewitnesses in this chapter, are very real, very honest. Look at verse 2. Having seen that the stone had been moved from Jesus' tomb, verse 2, Mary came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, that's John, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Do you see the honesty here? There's a ring of truth about this eyewitness statement. Mary didn't turn up at the tomb on that first Easter Sunday expecting to find Jesus risen from the dead at all. She'd been there at the cross. She'd seen him fight for his life, 
fight to get air into his lungs. She'd seen him take the last breath. And then she'd watched as they took his lifeless body down from the cross. And in Mark's gospel, we discover Mary saw the exact place where Jesus was buried. And so as Mary went to the tomb on that first Easter Sunday morning, she was expecting to find a tomb with a stone rolled across it and a dead body in it. She wasn't expecting a resurrection at all. And so when she arrived there to find the stone rolled away and the body gone, she jumped to what she thought was the only logical conclusion. That body snatchers had robbed the grave. Verse 2, she ran to get Peter and John, two of Jesus' disciples. And remember from verse 1, it was very early in the morning. So you can imagine the scene. Mary awaking the neighbours as she bangs on Peter's and John's front door and then at some unearthly hour dragging them out of bed, still in their pyjamas. I don't suppose they were amused as they rubbed their bleary eyes and, and desperately tried to wake up. But no doubt, as soon as they heard what Mary had to say, they came round very quickly. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know what they've done with him. What a bombshell. Jesus' body has been snatched from the tomb. That's the conclusion Mary reached. That's what she told Peter and John. So they grabbed their trousers and while they were still putting their shoes on, verse 3, Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in. John got there first. Being the younger man, he was probably fitter. And when he arrived, verse 5, he bent over and looked in at the strips lying there, but didn't go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Again, there's the language of sight. Verse 5, John bent over and looked in the tomb. Verse 6, then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there. First Mary, now we have the eyewitness testimonies of John and Peter. And what did they see? Well, let's be sure they didn't see a body. Mary was right about that. The body was gone. That's very important to note. It's important because down through the years, despite all the evidence, people have tried to explain away the resurrection. Some have suggested it was only a spiritual resurrection, not a bodily resurrection at all, that it was only Jesus' spirit that was raised from the dead. Apart from that going against the, the, the evidence here, it's such a foolish argument. How can you see a spiritual resurrection? Of course you can't. If it was only Jesus' spirit that was raised, Peter and John would have looked in the tomb, seen the dead body of Jesus and concluded that Jesus was dead because you can't see a spiritual resurrection. Others have explained it away as an emotional resurrection, a psychological event in the lives of the disciples. The argument goes that they really wanted it to be true. They longed for Jesus to be alive, so they convinced themselves that Jesus had risen from the dead. But that doesn't fit with the evidence either. We've already seen that Mary wasn't expecting a resurrection at all. She thought the body had been stolen. And later in this chapter, in verse 15, when Mary does see the risen Jesus... She thinks he's the gardener. We'll look at that next week. And then a few verses on, when the disciples see the risen Jesus and they tell Thomas, who wasn't there, Thomas says, verse 25, I don't believe it and I won't believe it unless I see it with my own eyes. You see, the disciples weren't expecting a resurrection. This was no emotional resurrection. The eyewitness accounts makes that very, very clear. Verse 6, Peter went into the tomb 
and the body was gone. Mary had concluded that the body had been stolen, but on closer inspection, Peter and then John came to a very different conclusion. First, see that they discovered that the tomb wasn't empty after all. We're often a bit loose with our language here. We talk about the empty tomb, but crucially, it wasn't empty. Oh, for sure, the body was gone, but the tomb wasn't empty. Look again at verse 6, halfway through the verse. Verse 6. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The grave clothes that had been wrapped around Jesus' body were still in the tomb. If the tomb had been empty, I dare say Peter and John would have come to the same conclusion that Mary originally came to, namely that the body had been stolen. But no one would steal the body and leave the grave clothes. The grave clothes and the spices that were used to bury the body were worth something. And besides, no one's going to steal a body and unwrap the body first. They're going to bundle the body into the boot of their cart and then scarper away from the crime scene as soon as possible. Look, it's precisely because the grave clothes were still in the tomb that Peter and John didn't come to the same conclusion as Mary. The eyewitness accounts tell us, yes, the body was gone, but no, the tomb hadn't fallen foul of body snatchers. Verse 6, Peter saw the strips of linen lying there. There's another seeing word, and the verb there to see in verse 6 is thereo, from where we get our word theory. The point is this, Peter not only saw the strips of linen, he considered carefully what he saw, and from what he saw he was able to work out what had happened. He was able to reason and come to a, the only logical conclusion, the only sensible theory. The point is in the detail here. John describes the grave clothes as, as wrapped up, or better, wrapped around. The burial cloths had been un, hadn't been unwound and thrown into a corner or taken off and folded up. They were still wound around. They, they just didn't have a body in them anymore. Peter saw the grave clothes and concluded that the body of Jesus had passed right through them. Can you see in your mind's eye what Peter saw? And do you see what it told him? He saw burial cloths that led him to one logical conclusion, namely that Jesus had bodily risen from the dead. And then, verse 8, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. Finally, John joins Peter in the tomb, and he sees as well. There's the word again. Verse 8, he saw. He too was an eyewitness. But in a brilliant piece of writing and using great wordplay, the verb to see in verse 8 is a different word again from the one in verse 6. The verb to see in verse 8 means to understand. You know, when, when someone explains something to you and you say, oh, now I see. That's the word here in verse 8. John didn't just see with his physical eyes, but he saw the truth of what he saw. He understood what he saw. He came to a right conclusion about what he was witnessing. Just imagine if we could ask the angels in heaven to bring John to us this morning. Imagine we could have John as a guest speaker here. Imagine I could interview him. I think it would go something like this. I'd say to John, John, thanks for joining us this morning. Tell us more about that first Easter Sunday morning. And then I think he'd say something like this. Well, it's so good to join you for this online service. Oh, I'll never forget what I saw as I looked into Jesus' tomb. Mary had told me that the body was gone. Peter and I grabbed our clothes, changed as quickly as we could, rushed to the tomb. I got there first, but I didn't go in. Then Peter arrived. And as we looked in the tomb, we couldn't believe our eyes. It wasn't just that the body was gone. Mary had already told us that. 
it was that the grave clothes, as I looked at them, it dawned on me, the way they were still wound around but with no body inside them. As I looked at them, I can remember thinking, now I get it. It was then, for the first time, that I understood that Jesus must have risen from the dead, just as he told us that he would. As I looked at the grave clothes, I saw that the body couldn't have been taken by body snatchers, or anyone else for that matter, not with the grave clothes as they were. And why would body snatchers do that anyway? They would have kept the burial cloths. The spices were so valuable. No one could have taken the body and left the grave clothes as they did, intact. So as I looked at the scene, it dawned on me. Jesus' body had just risen right through the grave clothes. And I thought, now I see. I saw and believed. I reckon that would be John's testimony. That's the end of verse 8. He saw, he understood and he believed. And that, of course, is why the stone had been removed. Not to let Jesus out, but to let Peter and John in so that they could see the almost empty tomb, so that they could see the evidence for themselves, and crucially, so that they could record the evidence for us. And so these verses ask you and me, do we see, do we get it? Verse 8, John saw and believed. Do we see and believe? If Jesus has risen from the dead, then... Well, then Jesus is the creator of the universe. He's the Lord in human flesh. He is the resurrection and the life. He is God indestructible and death has been defeated. That's what we're to believe. That's why there were two witnesses, Peter and John, because in a Jewish court of law, for evidence to be admissible, it would have to be agreed upon by two witnesses. So where does that leave us this morning? First, we don't have to see if we're going to believe. We'll see that next week when we look at Thomas. We don't have to see because we have reliable eyewitness accounts of the resurrection. The crucial thing for us, as it was for them, was not seeing but, but understanding. Not just seeing with our eyes, but seeing the point. You see, Mary saw and came to the wrong conclusion. Peter and John saw and they understood. And when they understood, they believed. Because, of course, once we understand, I mean really understand then we'd be foolish not to believe. If Jesus has risen from the dead, why would you not believe that Jesus is God? And, and why would you not follow Jesus if he can give you eternal life? At the moment, every day we're confronted with a daily death count. Death is a daily reality and a daily threat to everyone. And so how brilliant to know that death has been defeated and that we can be sure of life beyond the grave. If you haven't understood this, why don't you put your mind to it? If, like my friend, you consider yourself a, a rational person who needs evidence, the good news is there is evidence. Christianity is based on historical eyewitness evidence. Belief, faith, is not a vague, wishy-washy, unsubstantial hope. Why don't you put your mind to it? Join us on Thursday, this Thursday evening, for our Christianity Explored course via Zoom video call. Details of how you can sign up are on the website and will appear on the screen at the end of this service. If you are already committed as a Christian, already convinced this is true, I doubt I've told you anything new this morning. But I hope this will equip you as you talk to your friends and neighbours and colleagues who are not yet Christians. I hope this will equip you to tell the good news that death has been defeated and Jesus Christ really can give us life beyond the grave. Well, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Christianity is based on eyewitness evidence. We thank you very much 
that we're not to believe something that is ridiculous, but something that is logical. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would give us confidence in these great truths now. In Jesus' name. Amen.